Welcome to the Come Clean Pod, a place where we take the taboo out of TMI. We're stripping away shame and eradicating embarrassment through conversations held with honesty, humor, and humanity. We're your hosts. I'm Holiday. And I'm Mando. Come with us while we do our dirty laundry. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. To the Come Clean Pod. Whoa, Ando, what have you got there? Are, did you become a stripper since last week? I'll admit this here. I have um back in like, I don't know, early 20s, me and my girlfriend used to go to strip clubs. Like we were like half joking, half serious. Like, oh, I would I we sh- we should be strippers. And we would go to the strip clubs like doing research. <laughs> I love that. And ultimately what we decided was that we did not want to be strippers. So here I am. But um, no, I this money is actually from Sean had a poker charity tournament over the weekend. So I've always wanted to do that. And I just saw this fat stack on his <laughs> desk and I wanted to rub it all over that my body. That was a great opportunity to do that. <laughs> it's too bad. It's like mostly ones because that's pretty badass. Which, uh, guys, listeners, hello, friends. You may hear, you did hear. Uh, a different voice joining us today. We have a guest. We have our first guest, Ashley Green, who was just attacked by a cat. <laughs> Ashley Green is a wedding family and couples photographer based in central Massachusetts. She's the team photographer for the Worcester Red Sox, <laughs> aka the Woo Sox. Go Woo Sox. Uh, she's a cat mom to four cats, two orange and two black. It's like Halloween all year at her house. They're the sweetest little kitties. And she is wife to Danny, her partner of nearly 13 years. And let me just tell you, he is like a dream. He's a dreamboat, not just because he's like hot and he's like he's sexy as hell, but he's also he's like quiet until he opens his mouth. And what he opens his Mm -hmm. mouth with is always a gem. Like he doesn't talk unless it's worth saying. And he's got a great sense Whenever of humor. Whenever we have a family party, it's always like Holly and Danny in the corner. Oh my god! Kind of like causing trouble secretly. But like in a very subtle way. And just like she said, like he does not speak unless spoken to for the most part. But then when he does, it's always like he'll get you. I love it. I love it. He's an excellent addition to our family. Uh, Ash is also a feminist, a Taylor Swift and a Taylor Swift lover. And we love her. She also took our promotional (laughs) photos that you see on the cover of our podcast. I don't know how big of a Swifty you are, but from what I've heard, you're big. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I think that's a fair assumption. Do you, oh my God. Do you see it? Do you know what it is? Is anyone is anybody excited about? Oh my god, she wore these socks to one of the Chiefs games oh with her sneakers. And I that's had to have a pair. So funny. I love that. They're so cute. Thank you. I can send you a link. I'll link them on my Instagram yes, for yes, everyone that's to see. That's a deep that's like a that's deep like cut. A deep cut. Like, oh yeah. yeah. She wore these socks to a football game and you that's like stalker level. <laughs> I Do told you. you. Should I be if concerned? You... <laughs> yes. On Instagram, my guilty Is pleasure it at Swift night. Styled. It's just like all Taylor Swift, and I just, I just go deep and I go hard, and I find out what bag she wore and like wh- what she had in her purse, what lipstick she wore, her Pat McGrath Labs eyeliner. <laughs> Oh my god, our friend Marissa is gonna lose it if you start wearing. <laughs> I have the eyeliner. I bought it. Okay, I was influenced. 
keep There's going. I'm sorry. I think it's called like Taylor Swift styled or something like that. And basically anytime she's ever in public, they just immediately find out like where she got whatever she's wearing, her bag, her shoes, her shirt, and they put it up so you can buy it. Well, I now I need to I'm follow that. I actually have never bought anything, which is pretty shocking. That is surprising. Honestly, I hope you clip you doing those acrobatics too. To <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. On a on an audio platform. So I really hope you clip why you just you almost flipped out of your chair. I think to show I, you guys. I feel like I'm losing control. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go not ahead. Not that I'm in, not that I'm in charge. <laughs> um so, anyways, like I'm Welcome. never I'm never in charge. <laughs> so weird. Um but we did have a topic in mind today. So, I presented to you both that I have this idea that I wanted to dive into because especially because of our ages, we grew up with Disney movies and Disney has been such a huge I mean there's got to be like a word for it that uh, juggernaut i think is the word that like comes to mind like it is ubiquitous in people our age and it's such it's like ingrained in us and sometimes when i think of you ash i remember when we were in myrtle beach <laughs> and all of the shops in myrtle beach were selling these um tank tops and t-shirts of like disney princesses but like badass disney princesses like tattoos and like piercings and wearing like bandanas and and we were talking about like which ones would we be and like each each one of us like girl cousins should get one and we didn't but something about I that actually... memory I have one and I don't you think did? we bought them on that vacation, but I think my mom bought it on one of the vacations that I couldn't go on. And it is the little mermaid. It is, she's holding like a bottle of Jack or something. It looks like it's like a mug shot. She's got tattoos everywhere. And I think she has like her nose pierced. I love it. See, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you guys about and each of the Disney princesses like has a specific archetype. Like the like Belle is like the smart girl who reads books and and Ariel is, you know, she's kind of you can read into different levels on each of these women. Like there there's a level of pick me to Ariel, and there's also this level of like, fuck it, I'm I'm gonna leave everything I know and I'm gonna go to a different world but I'm going to do it because there's this cute boy that I know nothing about, <laughs> you know, like we can, we can look at the different levels, but I had, I thought this was an excellent topic for us to talk to together because thinking about Ash, I think of that memory. And I also, a couple of months ago, I was talking to my therapist. God, my therapist makes a lot of appearances on this show. <laughs> she does. Um, and I realized, cause I was dealing with how to end a situationship and i i just had this revelation of like oh my god i mulan i mulan people and i had i've even i've only ever seen mulan once when it came out when i was little but i realized like i totally come into a situation as like i'm a bro i'm such a bro like we're going to be like best bros and like we can go we can like you want to play touch football like let's do it and then I'm like, well, you're, we're like best bros now. And like, you love me, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a beautiful woman and you love me, right? Like, <laughs> I've done everything to show you my worth. And like, even though we play touch football, I like, I made you a delicious dinner after that. So you love me, right? 
and I expect them to like, I, I do love you. Like have this revelation that like, Oh my God, you're a different person. Like, but the same, like it's ridiculous to present one way. And then all of a sudden like rip your head off and let your hair down and be like, now you see me different. And so all of these, this amalgamation of my memories and my revelations came together. And so I wanted to talk to you guys about what you think maybe your Disney archetypes might be and maybe who you wish it was versus who you, what, maybe what your toxic traits are versus what maybe your wishes are. Because I also have a layer of like, God, I wish I was just an Ursula. Not doing evil things, but I love her energy. I was Ursula for Halloween two Halloweens ago. And Ursula is so fun. fun. Oh, she's so fun. <laughs> I can see you playing her role, but I'm actually surprised. So I did some research, okay, because because that's what I do. Actually, so I just started my master's program. And one of the things that I read recently, which was more of a refresher for me, was that Carl Jung can actually be attributed to the archetypes. I don't know if anyone knows that. I also did this research because I feel the need to be prepared in all situations, which is probably one of these archetypes. (laughs) Okay, so I, I, at first, when we said we were going to talk about this, I was like, okay, well, we're just talking about characters and who, who we might relate to. But in doing a little more research for anyone who doesn't know, this is there why are I actually need you guys. 12. There are 12 archetypes, okay? There are the ego archetypes, which are the innocent, the everyman, the hero, and the caregiver, the soul archetypes, the explorer, the rebel, the lover, and the creator or artist, the self archetypes, the jester, the sage, the magician, the wizard, and the ruler. And of course, you know what happened to me when I read through all of these and compared them to Disney characters. I was like, oh, I can relate with all of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In my head, I've already picked out like, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. That one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but you know who I really do? So I'm actually surprised that you say Mulan because I look at you. When I think of you, I think you're like the sage. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're Rafiki to me oh, oh, I love that oh my god is, you know what I mean so like sweet thing. so I just think it's so funny you see yourself that way because I don't see you oh. that way at all I also see Mulan in such a different way that I think I think the way you explained it makes perfect sense right like she starts off and she's a perfect daughter and she's girly and feminine and then she like hides all of that and she goes off to like fight for her family and her country and whatever but then she's also like the badass that saves the day. And I don't mm. think you see that part when you explain Mulan. You're just like, oh, like I'm a bro, but also I want to like do the feminine thing, the the feminine things of cooking mm-hmm. and taking care of you. But like she also like does a lot of badass things. Yeah, that's so true. See, this is why I wanted to have this conversation. Like there's so <laughs> many layers to it and how we sort of like where we see our our shortcomings or where we come up against walls, it's easy to, to like get hit back in the face with the mirror Mm -hmm. of these things and miss where we like could keep going beyond, like where we could keep going beyond into the, the warrior version of, of this person or of this, the character that we embody. There were used, there's a, there's a Rafiki quote that actually I used to have, written i'm gonna find it because there's a it was like my favorite most powerful thing i'd ever heard when i 
in college, my friends and I, especially my friend Shauna, shout out Shauna, um, we used to watch Lion King like once a semester. I don't know why. It just would come up and be like, time to watch Lion King. <laughs> and we would, we'd ball. She had lost her father when she was young. And I would end up like, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave the room and call my dad. And we'd have like a, it would just be like some kind of therapeutic dad thing, something mm. to watch the Lion King. But I can feel that. I see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, my dad would be like, did you watch the Lion King again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I did. I just wanted to call and say, I love you. <laughs> but enough about me. I want to hear about you guys. Wait, when I first met Ashley, I feel like now now that we're talking about this, I I put you as Little Mermaid because I feel like you're the artist. You are Ariel. And even when I saw your apartment, I was like, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Ah, Wouldn't yes. you think my collection's complete? It's you. Oh, you're the God, artist. You like so take funny. these things and like see the beauty in them. It's you. See, okay, so my first of all, I love that because growing up, I loved The Little Mermaid. I my mom always says that she had to rent the VHS from Blockbuster so many times that like like I don't know why they didn't end up just buying it for me. I don't know the answer. They definitely like spent stocked more money up rental fees, yeah, than yeah, yeah, just yeah, buying it. So I don't know what that was all about. Um, but I loved her. I would watch that movie all the time. I was obsessed. And then I feel like, you know, the first time you kind of come back to Disney movies as an adult, mm-hmm. where like maybe you would watch them every once in a while, but like you're in high school or like whatever, you're doing your life. Like you're not staying home, maybe watching Disney movies as much. But then you kind of come back in like college or after college as an adult and you see them in like a whole new way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like as an adult, I watched The Little Mermaid again for the first time. And I was kind of like, oh, like she chases the guy. She gives up her legs and her voice and all, or she gives up her, you know, family swimming, her fins, her voice to go like chase the guy. But I love that you just described her in like such a new way that I've never thought of her in. And I think that's hilarious that you walked right into my apartment because as you might be able to see, there's a lot going on here. Uh, definitely not a minimalist situation. <laughs> so um, also, so I started my research for this podcast because I did research with a BuzzFeed quiz. Ooh, In idea. typical millennial, millennial fashion. <laughs> BuzzFeed. Um, and so there are multiple quizzes. I literally typed in like, what are the Disney archetypes? And the first thing was a BuzzFeed quiz. So I took it and the questions feel very leading, right? Because if it's like, some of the questions are, which outfit would you choose? Mm-hmm. Well, if I choose like Moana's dress, are you just going to give me Moana because mm-hmm. I like her? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how this works. But then some of the other questions were kind of funny. They were, um, if, you know, like, what would you bring with you if you were going on an adventure? They were, um, you know, what would you have for a sidekick? And the answer I obviously chose was like an animal BFF to come with me on my adventure. It was also like, what would your magical powers be? How does your movie end? And like, how do you outsmart the villain? Like, how do you defeat the villain in the end? Uh, My 
answer I think that I got was the headstrong hero, which is funny because one of the examples of that was Mulan. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> because when I was trying to think of, I couldn't think of an exact Disney character. You know, actually, like Jasmine. I could see you as like a mm. Jasmine. Like she ends up with the guy, but she's very clear about like under these circumstances, sure. But like I'm not I'm not fucking around. Like yeah. she's she, I love that. She kind of like goes out and saves the day for herself a little bit. Well, she, yeah, she's like I don't want to live like I'm not a prize. I don't yeah. want to live in this castle, if this castle means that I don't get to experience life. Like, yeah. she's got a badass cat by her side. <laughs> I love that, Raja. Exactly. Raja. Like, she's got a cool, she's got a cool <laughs> outfit. Um, You know, like, I could, Jasmine is something, someone who I could kind of tie to you. You know, like, she's got her own thing. Like, she doesn't actually need a man. But yeah. she ends up falling in love. And he shows her how to, like soften a little bit like okay i can i can experience life i can enjoy life i don't need to be like always headstrong i can also yeah. like sit back and like let somebody take care of me like that's okay too I but i was that. so interested in hearing like who you related to because i really wanted i really wondered if it was going to if i was going to see you know like if you had said you really resonated with ariel i would have been like really because you know, I, growing up when I was really little, I thought that that the Little Mermaid was my favorite. I think because like I I kind of idolized her because I really had a lot of toxic, uh, like the guy is the most important thing yeah. in the world. Clearly, there's a which I mean trend here I because kind of, I used to sit on the edge of my couch <laughs> and go, oh, <laughs> oh my god, we like the scene where she comes all, up in like, the water and she. Yeah, I would practice that in Me our too. for hours, <laughs> hours, flipping my hair back and oh my God. But then I, even when I was just like a little bit of an older kid, Beauty and the Beast absolutely mm. became my favorite. I loved, I loved, it's just like a little more gothic, you know, like I loved the like this, when this rose dies, then, <laughs> then it's all over. Like. And I love that, like, things came to life. And, like, I, you know, I, Ando and I had this conversation yesterday. I'm helping a friend, um, an older friend, go through her parents. Her parents are deceased. I'm helping her go through their house. And they, her parents, her mom just died and she was 92. So, like, she has 92 years worth of stuff. But she also has her wow. parents and her parents' parents' stuff. So I'm looking at, like, hundreds of years old stuff. And it's, like, I love it. And so, like, it, there's so much in Beauty and the Beast. And, and also I have a very strong, like, I can save him. <laughs> complex but i love that um i just i really loved that story and i was just really interested to hear because I, you, we're seeing in each other like really because what i see in you is and i think ando you can relate as a teacher we often tell our students or we when we're talking to our students and relating to them like i find myself saying like i wish that you could see yourself the way that i see you like when people present their insecurities or their image issues and things like that because there's so often such a huge discrepancy in how people see themselves that's and, absolutely and true and how other people see them mhm mm 
Yeah, I and mean, so I it's, said it back in my email to you guys just talking about this. I was like, I am not really good about talking about myself. And I definitely think that like talking it out with other people always makes you see things in a different way. And like, when people explain how they see you from the outside, you're like, okay, I can understand that now a little bit more. I don't know how into astrology you guys are, but this is like, and I don't I don't know a, a ton, but this is like your sun sign versus your rising sign. Do you know anything about mm-hmm. this? So well. your sun sign is like your birth sign, like your month. And then your rising sign is usually how other people view you. So like I'm a Gemini. But I'm a Leo rising, which is like Leo lion, very outgoing. Like people are like, you're so outgoing. You're so, you know, but then they're really surprised to hear that. Like I have so my Disney archetype, I feel like that I relate to when I was thinking about this and it's a newer one. So I feel like Disney has obviously changed a lot in the last 20 years. So like even their character development is just the storyline. All of it is less about, you know, finding the guy and marrying the guy. So for me. It's Anna because Ooh. I feel like oh, Anna. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's some sister stuff there. And anyone who knows me, there's some there's some sister issues that that are mm. my own. Um, this is a good one for you. But Anna is I love her. I love her so much because she's like funny Sorry, and can I awkward. Ask a question. Is she the older sister or she's the, the younger, younger sister? Yeah, she's okay. younger. So. Yeah, she's like funny and awkward and like sort of like and she's like, you like me, right? Like, oh, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, and she doesn't really think before she speaks. She just does. But she always does it with a good heart, even like good intentions, even if the whole thing is a shit show and backfires. But she's kind of like goes out on this adventure that she you can tell she's kind of like. I'm going on an adventure. I'm going to do it. Like she's brave enough to do it. She doesn't really want to, but she does it anyway. And I love it. I relate to that so much. She's just sort of like this awkward, funny, like smart girl. And I do feel like I'm like, oh, she's finding herself. I feel like Anna all the time. Oh, Anna. I, I so that. see that for you. You see Anna? Oh, yes. I'm so glad I picked- it's so interesting because when you're saying that, I could. It's so easy to, as someone who is, you know, a searcher and always trying to like dig deeper into self-realization and, and deconstruct all the stuff that was like put on you by other people and put on you by society. It's also, it also becomes easy to, to like try on the coat of other characters and different things. And when, you know, thinking about Frozen being from a family of two sisters, I can I can easily see like how I would have <clears throat> if I was presented in the Frozen universe, like <laughs> I wonder which one I would be. And I think I would be on Anna too of like, well, if I'm going to fix this, like I'm not going to be able to fix it by just like locking myself in a room. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help anything. Old me, I think would have of like Okay, isolate, lock it down. That's Elsa. Elsa, so you're talking yeah. about Elsa. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I think old me would have done that, but yeah, like young little yeah. little me would have been like, I don't know what to do, so I guess I just hide and and that seal don't feel. I'm just up on this because my kids are. I know you have little kids. Like it's been a while since I've. They're not really interested in like Cinderella, Little Mermaid. Like they want Frozen and like the newer ones, which is. They're they're good. They're good. Mm. Well, um, is Cinderella the is Cinderella the one where um there's the three mice that mm-hmm. that um they like 
they're the fairy the godmothers fairy godmother. or something. Yeah. And they like they like change the color of her dress. Mm-hmm. They're like fighting over which color of oh, dress. Oh no, no, you're to thinking of Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping I think. Beauty. Oh, I loved that scene when they like changed the yeah. they're like changing the color of her dress while she's dancing. I loved that part. But like she had nothing. She had no personality at all. She's just like yeah. a blank victim the whole time. Just like mm, I a, agree with that. Just an empty vessel victim. Yeah. The entire really, movie. That's she's so just true. she was basically like a mannequin for abuse and violation for an entire movie. But she was so beautiful. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that's super. She had seven little friends. That's fun. <laughs> you know, like what did she what what she was a vehicle, you know? So I mean, so I guess that speaks to like how far we've come mm-hmm. in society. That's exciting. Now, when you watch the Disney movies, the older ones, there's a, like a little blip that comes up on the screen mm-hmm. before it plays. Do you guys know this? Yeah. It's like, um, it's like these depictions and um, characterizations like are not, um, I can't think of exactly what it says, but basically it's like a little disclaimer that it's. Yeah, I watched Aladdin like uh, probably two years ago and it basically had a blurb that was like, we were racist and right, right, we're right. sorry about that, yeah. but we don't want to take this treasured thing away from you guys so just know that this is racist as hell (laughs) i was just quickly looking up what uh the internet considers the most feminist disney like princesses and i'll have you know your girl milan is number one on this website on this website yeah it's interesting i was thinking about this too because i was going back and forth because she Again, I saw it when I was little and I was planning on watching it to prepare for this episode. Unfortunately, my day yesterday did not go as planned. She's living her life and her dad, her elderly, like injured dad, is going to have to go to war because he doesn't have a son. He's old, so he would die and get or get really hurt in war more. So this young woman who's got her whole life ahead of her, instead gives up her life to go to war to protect her elderly father who is close to death anyways. And I don't even mean this in a selfish way. I just mean in like a like a very logical, realistic way. Like we're all going to die, right? This is an unavoidable fact. So I don't really understand why sh- why it's actually as why it's actually honorable to send this young woman into a terrible situation where she has to abandon her identity, abandon her life. She has to give up everything to protect an old man whose whose whole like sort of purpose as a parent is to protect and guide and grow a do- like grow his children and his last act could be to do that, but instead sends his daughter off into like what would likely granted she ends up triumphing but like would likely be her death or like if they in reality if she got there to the war camps and the training centers and and the the men especially of that time like let's be honest this still happens in the navy in the army like this still happens very regularly the women in the armed forces are brutally raped and harmed still today imagine back in the olden times i this has nothing to do with china this just has to do with like human 
behavior. If she got there and they found out she was a woman, it is highly unlikely that they'd be like, whoa, she's a super strong woman. That's pretty cool. They it would brutalize her, probably rape and murder her. So like this father's last act could be to be like, absolutely fucking not. I'm going to go and do this thing. You're not going to abandon who you are. You're not going to abandon your identity, your femininity, your your life when I know I'm close to death. I don't know. I just kind of got like I was just going to say ultimately it's her choice though. Yeah. And I think Holly very very is it her choice? I think she sneaks away in like the middle of the night. I think her dad was like gonna go despite being like this frail old man and she kind of doesn't want him to and she sneaks away in the middle of the night if I'm remembering correctly Mm. and and that you know removes all the makeup and cuts her hair and all of that stuff to try to blend in that being said if this were the real world and not the Disney world everything you said is completely valid like if they were ever to find out she were a woman in this situation it wouldn't go the way it does in the Disney. But I also think it's it has to do with like the interpersonal rela- we don't know this we don't know the relationship. Well, we only know a small piece of the relationship of Mulan and her dad. I don't know, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> right. I haven't seen it in a little while. But no, if we're relating this to real life because I'm I'm having feelings about it right now because I hate to admit this, but like I don't have that noble grand relationship with either one of my parents. I think unfortunately like society like this is like the respect your elders type of thing we've sort of lost that a little bit and like my relationships with my parents are not that of that closeness of that like humble regard do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i feel like maybe i would feel differently maybe you would feel differently if you had different relationship with your parents maybe you'd be like you go mulan girl you do that for your mom and dad but maybe you're like mad a little bit i think well i can see it both ways because i also justin bieber don't mess with me (laughs) Haley, Haley, you better act right. <laughs> Listen, nobody saw this at the beginning because it wasn't recording, but I somehow were always like off each other because I'm like somewhat put together. But today, Holly looks like Justin Bieber. <laughs> so she you better like watch Haley. out because I have a thing for him. Okay. So, <laughs> and I think Haley is like, I mean, I don't know her as a human being at all, but I think she's beautiful. So, <laughs> okay. And I think Justin Bieber is beautiful. So, Wait, no, but what do you think about that? Am I am I on to something? No, absolutely. And well, so here's the thing is I have a I have a two prong response to what you just said. And one is that to what Ashley said is like, I want to support the woman who is like, fuck you. Don't tell me that I can't go to war just because I'm a woman mm-hmm. and you only take you only take sons like fuck that. Like I can fight in a war. I absolutely support that. But it depends, going to what Ando said, it absolutely depends on the subtle lifelong relationship and like dynamic between hmm. the father and the daughter. Because it was it she depends. just doing it for his approval. Yeah. Was oh. he doing was she doing it for his approval? Was she doing it because underneath it all she knows that like he's not going he's not that guy and he's not gonna step up and mm-hmm. Like he never, he wouldn't actually, even if he was like, no, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. You can't go. Like that. He's not that guy. Like, like is her dad just like, not that guy. Like he's not going to be like, absolutely fucking not. Like, is he not a, like, like stand a, up for his family I know that this, and go fight and just take care yeah, of Yeah, Like, uh, is he not, is like a, 
not going to take no for an answer? Like, would it create, would it have like a lifetime of guilt and resentment with the women left at home because the mom would blame the daughter that the dad died when the daughter could have, should have gone, you know, like you need like the family dynamic Mm. really, especially I don't, we're all firstborn daughters here and we all have different family dynamics, but there's a lot to be said about the weight of the family onto a firstborn daughter. And there's a lot of research and stuff coming around about that. And I don't know enough to speak about it with any sort of authority, but I've, I've dipped my toe into it and I can relate a lot to it that that the firstborn daughter often is like uh, an unpaid un sort of like uh, unacknowledged manager of the family on a level that even the parents don't recognize that like somehow we like came up through the cracks of the floorboards <laughs> like okay like I'm I here. understand yeah I will like fix everything yeah like I, exactly like this like I understand that if I don't sneak off in the nighttime and take my dad's place in the war that for the rest of eternity, I will be blamed and shamed Mm. and guilted because my dad was not that guy and my mom's life will be ruined and my sister will hate me. So this is who the fuck I am. I'm that guy. One of us has to be that guy and it's not my dad. So I'm that guy, you know, like that's so accurate. And some, and, and so I just, I just think it's interesting to, to like, not take these things on on face value because you know we all read it in a different way and even if that's not true that's what firstborn daughters think that's that's another piece of that right like mm-hmm. i relate to that and then some parts of that are like if like if we were to have this conversation like with our parents and our siblings they'd be like what the fuck why would you think mm. that i would never think that but we're like can't you see can't you see that i have to take everything and on every this firstborn daughter who says that immediately like when you said that we all started nodding our heads like we could all completely understand yeah, that. yeah. Like, oh yeah i feel you <laughs> we were all just like yes <laughs> and it's but what's crazy it's undeniable it's, yeah it's like if you if you look at families that like the little that i've read and the the conversations that i've listened to it is insane how different it is for every other sibling or like a son that's born first and then the, the first daughter that comes after the son mm-hmm. like it truly the weight of of everything the emotional well-being the the peace the it just it's family dynamics it is a pattern it's a pattern i mean in america mm-hmm. i don't know about around the world but it's a thing it doesn't mean it's like a blame or it doesn't mean that it's like a a shortcoming of the parents like it doesn't mean that we have to like take defense or offense about it but i think recognizing it is okay yeah and i think you recognize it when you're older because then at that point you're working on you're basically working on like unraveling that so that you don't continue the pattern in the next 40 to 60 years Mm -hmm. of your life and pass it on to Mm -hmm. your own children if you have children so i think that that's like probably the piece that like the midlife you know i hate to admit that we're all at that point but we are but yeah you're right about the unraveling and it's like we get to choose once we start recognizing aspects of our lives or patterns then we get to we get to decide like what we want to take responsibility for instead of instead of just assuming it's our responsibility or falling into old patterns which brings me to my Rafiki quote, which I did pull up 
This was one of my, this was something I had on the wall. And Rafiki is, is talking to, um, is it Samba? Is that his name? Simba? Simba. 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 <laughs> I was close. Samba's a dance. Um, <laughs> so he yeah. like hits Simba on the forehead because he like God, hits him and then he's like, well, that so was in good. the past. And yeah, I love it's that beautiful. So the Lion King might be the best one of all time. I think I'm going to watch that again. Like, oh, tonight. just remember it is heavy. Yeah. Really heavy. Actually, it's better when, when. You read the whole thing. This is the, I found the like image that I printed out like back when printers would have like the page would come out like wet with all the <laughs> ink. Remember, it'd be like soaking wet. And he goes, ow, geez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. Yeah, but it still hurts. Ah, yes, the past can hurt. The way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. I love this. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us today. Our little mermaid Ariel slash Mulan. Thank Mulan. you. Anna. Thank you, guys, so off. much. You guys are the best. I love you guys. This was I so wonderful. Was Let's put a BuzzFeed yeah. quote up. Let's put a BuzzFeed quiz up. Remember when Definitely, all these BuzzFeed yeah. quiz quizzes came out and we were like still on Facebook and like every like day they'd be like, yes. so-and-so took this quiz. They are... Do you read back your... Totally cringy Facebook posts too. Do you ever look but like on 2011 you posted this and it's like <laughs> cringe? What? It, why? Why did I write that? Ugh. There was a time when I became a yoga teacher. There was a time when I would spend like an hour twice a week going back and like deleting just some of just like the negativity that was just like. Remember when we would just like share our state of mind and. Because it was like we were taught in yoga school, like we're, you know, like we're spiritual guides and we're like and like, yes, this was our past, but like we don't need to advertise it. And like I went through a lot of like, first of all, undiagnosed neurodiversity and ADHD and like autism spectrum. And like that's a struggle to like be a prisoner of like being in a society that you are like just three inches to the left of. Like that's really fucking hard. And not having an outlet for that when you feel like, but everyone's telling me I'm supposed to be three inches to the right and and I just don't fit and and like everything feels bit bad and weird. And like, oh, there's this place on the internet where I can just like let it out, dump a little bit out. Like, whoo, okay. And then coming back to that when you're like, you've got a spiritual like alignment kind of bringing you a little bit closer to to something that feels like you might be okay and then you look back at it and you're like this all should have just happened in a journal or in my own head yeah like I don't relate to this anymore like I I can have compassion for it but I I would like to have compassion for it privately I think mine I think all of mine is still out there intrusive thoughts from you were also like a very different kind of gal than I was you know like you're a self-proclaimed like good girl, nice girl. Like you weren't like breaking rules and laws and <laughs> you weren't like doing drugs and getting so so drunk and you know, like Okay, all right, all right, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> like, it was a little anyway, a little on that on that note, guys, Beebs is signing off for the day, I think. So. <laughs> I did I wrote Sarah, I never had a monkey that I like abandoned or whatever. So there's that. I love you guys. Peace out, Girl Scout. Bye. You guys, bye. See you in two weeks. Come Clean Pod is produced by Ando Hawthorne and Holly B. All ideas and opinions expressed are evolving and should not be taken out of the context of the larger conversation. We're always learning and we'll continue to do our best. Take what you need, 
Don't worry about the rest. If you like the pod, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us together on Instagram at comecleanpod, ando at yours truly ando, Holly is at hblionheart, or email us to comecleanpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Until next time.